With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural Skull Search, where we are going to be talking about Minnesota Vikings draft prospects. Yes, the Vikings are still in the course of the regular season, but it's never too early to look ahead, especially with the future about to change. We have Connor Rogers in from NBC Sports to talk about two prospects. The Vikings might potentially target in the first round LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors and Florida State edge Jared Verse. Hop on in and let's have some fun. Welcome to Skull Search. Real Porno Show, hosted by Tyler Bornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run in Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Skull Search, the Minnesota Vikings NFL Draft Show, spinoff of The Real Forno Show here on Vikings First and Skull. I'm Tyler Fornitz, bottom right corner's producer Dave. To my left, the man himself from NBC Sports and PFF's NFL Stock Exchange Draft Podcast. His name is Connor Rogers. My friend, how are you? I'm good, Forno. Thanks for having me, man. And Dave down in the corner, good to see you as well. Good to see you again. It's been a while. It has, but I'm happy to be back here, fellas. We're happy to have you. And uh, uh, when I messaged you earlier, uh, I, I want to talk about guys we like. And that, that brings some really interesting conversation, and we can kind of go back and forth. One, one guy I want to start with, LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Yeah, he's he's a very interesting guy because I feel like he plays bigger than size. Only listed at six foot two hundred pounds by LSU, and we all know how schools like to lie about sizes. Um, 
what do you what do you like from neighbors that you see on film and th- my big question is do you think his size could end up being a concern down the line not for me forno because he's just so damn good it's i think when you look at size especially at wide receiver you just have to ask how does it impact them or how will it impact them and the really the answer with neighbors is it it shouldn't very much. This is a guy that mm-hmm. caught almost half of his contested catch opportunities. He caught 10 of 21 this season. He's physical at the catch point. He's an acrobat. He's got leaping ability. He could track the ball down the field. And the reality is he's not going to find himself in those situations as much as most wide receivers because he's so explosive. He has excellent acceleration. He's constantly running away from coverage in the SEC that he doesn't have a step on guys. He has multiple steps on guys. And what you can do, or really I think the point is with him, what can't you do with him? He was used in the short area on motion, quick manufactured touches to get the ball in his hands and create yards after the catch. He had 30 missed tackles forced this year just in the receiving game. He's somebody that can run really precise routes where he can carve you up in the intermediate And once again, that explosive speed over the top is just tremendous. So Neighbors is a guy for me in any normal wide receiver class. He's the top wide receiver. And I think at the end of the day, he's going to end up a top five to seven player for me in this whole draft. Wow, that's some high praise. Uh, One thing I I did notice, he only played 26.8% of his snaps in the slot. He is a little bit of a shorter guy. I don't feel like that will be a major hindrance for him to play on the outside. But I feel like he could be a guy that player that teams might want to put in the slot right away. Do you think that he might be typecast at all? Be only due to his size? I don't think he he should be because of his style of play. But we all know that NFL teams don't always see things the the I guess the proper way. Um, do you think that that could end up being the case for him? I don't think so. I think he can move all over, which is a benefit. But I don't think you need to. I've watched players in this class that. They're going to get to the NFL and really to maximize their value or even make them valuable at all. You're going to have to play them in the slot early. You're going to Mm -hmm. want to keep hands off of them. You're going to want to give them a two-way go. You're going to want to keep them out of press coverage situations. You're even going to want to run a little bit motion that gives them a little bit of a, a running start. Mm-hmm. Neighbors is a guy that you like to do those things, but you don't need to do those things. He's shown that yeah. he can win on the outside now for two years. He's obviously dynamic out of the slot. He's dynamic when you kind of get him going across the formation through the backfield and just dump the ball to him. But uh, no, mm-hmm. for me, it's I think it's an incredible luxury. And I think with the size, you know, you you think you look, go back to last year, Zay Flowers goes in the first round. He was really small. Tank Dell is a guy that had a ton of success be- success before the big injury this season. He was a, a featherweight, mm-hmm. um, and there are featherweights in this class, and I don't put neighbors in that bucket. Like He doesn't look like an Xavier worthy to me in terms of how small yeah. he is. He's got a muscular build, uh, and he plays big. He plays really big. Honestly, his size is pretty comparable to Garrett Wilson, but he's got more muscle on him. So when you look at that aspect of he's winning outside, he's you know kind of more of an average size player, and he's so explosive when you have him inside. That to me is somebody that you could funnel your entire pass game around and build your pass game through. And I think that's what makes him so exciting. I agree. And one of the things that I really liked about him is uh, nearly half of his yards uh, this past season at LSU were after the catch. And he's yeah. so good in the open field. One area I did knock him for, I thought I thought the route running left just, just a little bit on the table. And I think he can really try to develop a little more in that aspect. Um, going to the next level, how comfortable are you with his route running right now? And do you think he's going to be able to take that to the next level? Or is he going to be a little bit more of a, I need to get him on these certain concepts so I can get the ball in his hands and let him do work. 
Well, I think the good thing is it got better in 2023 because I was looking at my summer notes and I wrote that a lot of his routes were a hitch, slant, or a go. They were creating space for him. The physicality through routes was, you know, a little underwhelming at times. Then you look at what he did this year. And there is, I mean, listen, he still ran 37 hitch routes, still ran nine slants. I mean, he still got working down the field. There's no denying that. Uh, you know, 30 go routes. So I think Forno, like my summer notes carried into this year where they still like those three things with him to mm-hmm. keep it simple. But I mean, he is out there running a post. He is out there getting the corner route in. He he did run uh, in and come back. So, and he did it adequately. So I think at the end of the day, what I was always taught with scouting wide receivers are you either need to be a technician in your route work, or you simply need to be explosive enough to just run by people. I already know neighbors can do the latter at an elite level. Like it's not even like, yeah, he's good at it. It's like, no, he's an elite explosive player in terms of separation. The fact that he improved in 2022 to 2023 as the technician, while it's not above average right now, it's just the Mm -hmm. fact that he's on that trajectory and combined with his athleticism and explosive nature, I think he's going to be just fine. And you go back to what he was able to create after the catch. Over the summer, I wrote down DJ Moore with a question mark. And when I put him in a mock draft, mm-hmm. I wrote, I published that. That's how good I felt about it, that I published that name out there. Usually with player comps, I'll wait till the combine to get official height, weight, and testing to really match it up. And this year, it's I mean, he's taken that and I think even run with it, to be honest with you. Just when you look at what how creative and how um, mm-hmm. unique he is with the ball in his hands. So it's something he'll keep working on. But I think at the end of the day, if you can't figure out how to maximize this guy in an NFL offense, it says more about you than him. Let's look at his uh, potential uh, as far as being selected in the NFL draft. You believe he's going to end up a top five, seven player, but we also know that this receiver class is deep. And I'd say that two to five range at wide receiver, they could be stacked differently depending on who is picking. Sure. Where do you think he ultimately goes in the draft? That's a really good question. When you look at the teams that could use him, it's ironic that the Bears right now are sitting there at five where you think, okay, Marvin Harrison Jr. should be gone and they need another wide receiver and they have DJ Moore, who I think he's comparable to, but I don't mind putting him there because you look at what the Dolphins did when they had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, or when they had bo- first acquired both of them, you looked at it and go, okay, they're fast and they're both pretty small but the offense creates so much space in the modern nfl it doesn't matter it's still terrifying to you you don't need to go out there and line up put a lineup of small forwards everywhere that are just jumping over people you like to have a guy like that but today's game when you run an offense based on timing and space you can have two players like that so it starts for me at the bears at five um I would say the Jets at seven need another wide receiver. The Giants at eight need a wide receiver. Tennessee needs a wide receiver at nine. I mean, when I just go through those four teams in the five to nine range for him, I don't see how he makes it out of there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't surprise me either. And I, I want to be respectful of your time. So let's move on. We got Jared verse to talk about, and I want to throw a comparison at you because when I do player comps, it's all play style. I don't look at, try to project And I don't look at any of those other factors. I look at who does this guy remind me of when he's playing football? And the one comp I came up with, with Jared verse George Karloftis, I just feel like just wrecking balls. They're not the most athletic guys as far as just being able to win with speed, but they have a a nice arsenal to them. And I also, I feel like verse could end up being kind of that fluctuating player. Like Karloftis was some guys will like him around 10. Some guys will like him around 30 and it could really vary his draft stuck on draft date. What do you feel about that comparison? 
Well, they're both heavy handed, right? That's where I, mm-hmm. I align with it, that they're going to come out of the corner of the ring and they're going to put hands on your chest or right at you and, and kind of dictate the rep. Be real knockback power is what I like to call it. That's what versus calling card is. But I think with verse, he's a little bit more twitchy than Karloftis was, and he has a better first step. And that's how he kind of wins, because with that excellent first step, it gets the tackles off balance because he's dictating the rep. And when you combine mm-hmm. that with an explosive punch, you're really understanding how to stay out of being blocked rather than countering being blocked. And that's what I love about verse is that he can convert speed to power to run through tackles. I, I think the lower half is in sync with his upper half, which is something Karloftis was good at. You could see the lower body strength, that water polo background. You can mm-hmm. see the lower body strength combined with the upper body strength and how to utilize it to make sure he can get unblocked. They both set a hard edge in the run game coming out of college. I mean, that where you look at Chop Robinson or you know a couple of these different pass rushers that have some finesse in their game. Do you go, hey, you're out there for 80% of the snaps. Like, you better get dirty and play the run. I don't know if they do that year one. Maybe, maybe they do. But with Verse, I say, yes, he's going to do that right away. And with Karloftis, I think that was the thought process. So ultimately, I will be higher on Verse than I was on Karloftis. But when you talk about those heavy-handed guys that can come really dictate the rep by punching you in the mouth, I mean, yeah, that's the name of their game. Yeah, and I think those hands being so powerful really helps make a difference. And I, I want to see him kind of develop a little bit more as far as that counter game, just because when he gets to the NFL, some of those tackles are going to be able to handle that punch. And how is he going to respond to not being able to knock those guys off balance? Do you, have you seen enough in his profile to give you the confidence that he's going to continue to develop some of that finesse work to pair with the power? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think so. I mean, kind of going back to your original point, is he this guy that's going to bend the corner, you know, like Von Miller? No, it's just not. It's ultimately not going to be who he is. But I think that makes it so important that he has that kind of power profile and he's a good accelerator. I think the 10-yard split will be on the promising side as verse. So, I think when it comes down to that, he's got enough that he can keep them off balance. He can challenge the corner with speed because of the first step, but he's also going to understand how to counter inside with that upper body strength. And I think you you don't always have to be the most flexible guy in the world, but you need to have burst because if you just completely are a guy relying on speed to power straight line or an inside counter, well, then tackles are cheating how they set, right? You're not setting as wide. You're not getting that kind of respect. You're not creating enough space for yourself. And with verse, um, who has been, you know, a pass rush dominator, I would say, the last two years. When you look at the win rates for him and the stretches he's had, I think he's kind of shown the full bag. 
Yeah, and the one thing I'm going to be really interested to see is how at the combine, how well he tests. Because while like relative athletic score isn't the be-all, end-all, all of the top echelon guys are yeah. testing like 9.5 or higher. So is he going to be able to have enough athleticism to be able to kind of match that? And how that all shakes out is going to be fascinating to me. Um, where do you think he ends up going in the draft? And where do you project right now you're going to feel about him when your final big board comes out? Yeah, I mean, I really like him, obviously. I think when you look at the edge rankings, let me go back and check the most recent ones I had. The the most recent ones I had, I only had Leatu Latu over him. I had him as edge two. My summer big board, I had verse. I'll find him right here. Uh, Honestly, Okay, summer big board, I had him at four. Now, he's fallen a little bit since then because I didn't think coming into this year, I thought he would outright dominate, like to the point where I mm-hmm. thought he'd be one of the best defenders in college football week in and week out. I think he was really good, and I think his best football was the final five games of the season. But I, I think also other guys just played so well that it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would put Johnny Newton ahead of him right now. I would put. Olu Fashanu ahead of him right now. I had Fashanu at five. I think Fashanu built on a great year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would put Joe Alt ahead of him right now. So, and Latu as well. So I think Verse is easily a top 12 to 15 player for me. If he declared for the draft last year, he would have went in the top 15. Like I, I know a team in the top mm-hmm. 10 that was really considering taking him because of how badly they need an edge rusher. Uh, so it's not that he did anything that really hurt him this year. You just look at all the greatness that the other guys had that some people might end up passing him. So Let's pull up Tankathon again and kind of look in that range. Atlanta at 11, that's a team that makes a lot of sense for him, right? Yeah, I think New Orleans' pass rush this year has been underwhelming. They could consider him at 12. The Rams at 14, uh, there's a lot of teams. Honestly, Arizona at 16 is kind of interesting to me. So I think the good news for Jared Verse is there's, you know, probably, what, five first-round edge players in this draft, and you could easily identify five in the top 15 to 20 teams that almost have to take one or consider taking Mm -hmm. one. It looks like versus destined for the top 15 to 20 picks. Yeah, I, I think so too. Right now he's my edge three. I have, I have chop Robinson at one and lot two at two. I just, I have so many questions about lot two's medicals, but that's for another time. I mean, time. And those are fair. I, it's, it's so easy to get on any platform and talk about, and I've done this, raise my hand is guilty. Lot two's greatness. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. there, there's so much we as couch scouts, right? Like we don't know. Well, you and I don't have a team doctor working for us that goes, you can draft this guy or you can't draft this guy. The University of Washington apparently said you can't play football any here any longer, but UCLA was fine with it. But that tells you that the NFL, there might be 20 teams that are fine and there might be many that aren't. So I, yeah. I'm with you all the way. I love the player. Uh, I'm really rooting for him. I hope he has a Jalen Phillips kind of arc that it's like, oh, no, he's OK here. But we ultimately mm-hmm. don't know right now. Which is really interesting because UCLA told Jalen Phillips that he couldn't play football anymore. And then he it's ended up going stretch. to Miami, but then he took a lot to. Every instance is different. So yep. uh, before we wrap up here, Connor, some of them I'm going to ask everybody because I'm trying to get a, a sense of what everybody thinks about this question. If you, you're going into the draft as the Vikings, uh, which quarterback do you think, just in, in a general sense, is probably the best fit? Michael Penix, undoubtedly. I, I, I've been obsessed with this fit. I Now... I'll say part of that too. It's easier for me to sit here and look at the Vikings who are picking in the middle of the pack typically, right? Like I'm not going to be like, Oh, Caleb Williams and Drake may are a Viking. Like they're just too good to get those kind of guys. Um, But when you look at O'Connell, you know, famously heavy 11 personnel coming from the Rams, I would think that he'd understand how to utilize the play action offense. Penix is so good pre-snap at recognition and the Vikings have playmakers, multiple skill level pass catching talents. 
that I think he would pepper the ball around for them in that offense, that it would be a thing of beauty. I really, really do. I think the difference with Penix is his arm challenges every area of the field. Now, when you look at it, mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels is probably going to go top 20 now, right? Like he's a yeah. gifted runner and a fun playmaker, but he doesn't throw at the same anticipation that Michael Penix does. And I, I look mm-hmm. at O'Connell's offense and, and I'd want the guy that's just a lethal passer. And O'Connell's worked with guys that aren't super mobile before. I mean, look at how successful Kirk Cousins has been in this offense. What's to say yeah. Michael Penix also wouldn't thrive. So I don't know how Vikings fans feel about that one, but if you have a season where, okay, you finish pretty good, right? You turn your season around, you end up picking in the twenties and Hey, we didn't have to move. And we got our guy because Michael Penix might drop a little bit um, because of his age. So uh, I, th- I would be thrilled with that. I think it would be a great fit for him as well. And uh, I hope, honestly, I, I secretly hope it happens. Last question before we let you go, because I know I know you're a busy, busy guy. Any concerns about his medicals, the two torn ACLs, the uh, non-throwing shoulder, which we've seen can really impact players. Just look at Baker Mayfield 2021. That, that basically ended his tenure in Cleveland. I mean, it's always, it's always up there, right? I think the counter to it is that he just had two of the most dominant years that a quarterback has had in college football over the last two years, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you think of yeah. the quarterbacks that have played for the last two years and look at Michael Penix, like who, who's up there with them? Bo Nix has had a, a good run physically. He's not the same player as Penix. Caleb Williams and Drake may have been really good. They're going in the top three picks. So I think when it comes down to it, you're always going to have those concerns. And the truth is Forno, without those injuries, he doesn't even make it to where the Vikings pick. That's the, that's why you're able to get him at 22 or wherever it may be. If this guy doesn't get hurt, well, he's going in the top 10 pretty easily. So it goes back to our Latu conversation on a much different level. Cause a neck injury for a pass rusher, I think is a little bit more severe mm-hmm. quarterbacks have torn their ACL quarterbacks have had AC joints if your doctor says he has no repercussions from those injuries, no lingering effects, well, then you sign off and say, damn, we got our quarterback. And, you know, we think we have a pretty damn good offensive line. One of the best in the league and Christian Darrisaw to keep this guy upright. And Penix has learned how to protect himself by seeing things pre-snap and getting the football out. I let, everybody goes, oh, he's never sacked because of Washington's offensive line. Well, he's also never sacked because of how well he sees the field pre and post snap. So I think quarterbacks deserve more credit for that. So, yeah, I mean, quite simply, that's always going to be a concern for you, but it's kind of the catch-22 of if it wasn't a concern, you wouldn't have a shot to get him. True that. Connor, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I know you have a lot of really fun stuff going on leading up into the NFL draft. Where can they find you, and what what cool stuff do you have in the works? Yeah, I'm dropping an updated big board uh, pretty soon, definitely before Christmas on NBCSports.com. So I'll have that should beef up to a top 75 if you like listening to conversations like this, the NFL Stock Exchange with me and Trevor Sykema, we have our own YouTube channel. It's the NFL Stock Exchange. Very easy to search. Forno, I always appreciate you having me on, man, and, and working with my madness as the regular season ends. It's fun to talk draft with you. Oh, absolutely. And I'm hoping to see you in Mobile. Grab a drink, maybe I'll some dinner. There. And ha- have, some, have some more of these conversations. With that, that is the first episode of the 2024 version of Skull Search. Make sure you follow along, like, comment, subscribe, all the fun things. We will see you back here soon. Skull Vikings, everybody. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis, And myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching 
The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.